Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Arrowhead Live. This is episode four. I'm Grant, here with Ori. How's it going, guys? So uh, we're going to go ahead and get into it with Ty- the Tyreek Hill situation. Uh, you know, this is a very sensitive situation. Um, there's lots of rumors swirling. Uh, a lot of it is, most of it is not true. Nobody knows what they're talking about, honestly. Um, but, you know, we have we have been doing our best to piece this very crazy puzzle together. Um, and if you follow us on Twitter, which you should be, at Arrowhead Live, um, you can go and check out the pinned tweet, uh, the tweet that's pinned to the top of our profile and check that out. Um, and it gives a very extensive theory as to what is going on with Tyreek Hill and the situation. Um, so, Ori, what what is your take on the whole Tyreek Hill situation? Uh, what do you think the outcome will be? And uh, what do you think the status is right now with it? Well, well kind of like you said, there's nobody really knows for sure what's going on. A lot of people, everybody's going to speculate because he's such a big name player. Everybody's going to have their own opinions on what's going to happen. I think right now it's probably best to not make any assumptions or try to say that we know what's going on and stuff like that. So I've kind of stayed away from predicting what's going to happen because it's, it's, you know, it's almost impossible to know what's going to happen for sure. Right. Especially when you don't actually know what happened. That's the, that's the whole problem. It's like, nobody knows like what exactly went down. Right. And, uh as as far as i'm now like the past few days people have been saying that well he might have been, he, even if this hadn't came up he might be might have been get uh, traded but those are all just rumors i don't think anybody really knows um and r- rumblings are not something that you should you know take to take as fact right. for sure and uh yeah i don't know i think that I th- I think that if if there I think everybody has a price. So I mean, the, just listening to offers is not the same as sh- shopping your player. That doesn't mean you're trying to get rid of them. I mean, they they really the only person on our team that I would say that there's no price that we would have it is Mahomes, and I and I think that yeah, I, I think that the Chiefs feel like that they're probably set. Like with, and they're set to roll with anybody around Mahomes at this point too. I mean, obviously you want to get the better players, but I'll kind of let you just describe the conversation you you had with uh, the, your your source. Right. So I've actually spoken to a detective um, in the area, a medical professional in the area, and I actually spoke to Meredith Robinson who evidently broke this story to the public um unintentionally uh so basically it all started with a tweet on march 13th uh from a meredith robinson who i have actually confirmed as the wife to the godfather of crystal espinal which is tyree kill's fiance um this is that is actually legitimate. I have proven it through various uh, avenues. And outside of her knowing that the her husband picked up Crystal's mother in Overland Park, or picked up Crystal's mother from the airport and took her to Overland Park, 
she really doesn't know much about the situation. She's uh, in the same place as, as we are. And I know she, she might have made a mistake by tweeting that out, but I, I don't actually think she was intending for I don't think she knew how Twitter worked at the time. She wasn't <laughs> intending for it to go public. Um, and I think she had no thought that, that this was already public information. But anyway, that's beside the point. If you want to know the rest, go ahead and check out the theory that I tweeted. It is very, very extensive, um, and it's pretty informative, and it makes a ton of sense if you actually read it. Uh, next, moving on to uh, the the news from today, most recent news. Uh, All-pro linebacker Justin Houston signs with the Indianapolis Colts for two years and $24 million. Yeah, and I... You know, I think it's a, a decent deal for them. I think that we that would have just been a lot of people are on Twitter. I see are saying that, you know, we should have paid that that we should have paid them that amount. That's a fair amount to pay. You know, whether you think that's true or not is your own opinion. But it's not really that's not the amount that we would have been paying. Like I, I think other people don't need to understand that. And um, I don't know. As for I think he'll make a solid impact with the Colts. I don't think that. I don't know. I think he's he's getting older. I don't know if he'll be. He had a solid season last year, but I don't. Um, I don't know if they get if they can get a another young like pass rusher alongside him to you know kind of you know watch him, learn from him, and stuff like that. I think they they'll be they'll they'll be set. I think at that position. Yeah. So he has never, as far as I know, he's never played in a four three defense. Um, he's always been a stand up linebacker, edge rusher. Um, which kind of complicates things for Indianapolis. They think they think that he's a fit uh, for that defense. Uh, he didn't play it in college. He didn't play it in Kansas City. And obviously, nobody knows Justin Houston better than than our staff. Um, he spent his entire career here. Um, they know what they had in Justin Houston. And signing for twelve million dollars a year, um, if you add in the uh, dead money from his contract. Uh, which is would be $8.5 million total over the next two years. Um, his contract would come out to about $32.5 million. Over two years is what he's making. Uh, so that would be sixteen, you know, $16.25 million would be what the Chiefs would be paying him or is what he's getting paid hypothetically um, overall. So... If you think Justin Houston is worth $16.25 million, then you can justify keeping him. Um, I just don't think the Chiefs were interested in doing that. I think they're ready to move on and get younger. Um, but, you know, I, I wish him the best of luck, except for when he's playing the Chiefs. So, um, moving on, Eric Berry recently visited the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, he spent a day or two there. Yeah, I... I... He went to Dallas. Uh, he was there for a few days. Uh, all the Dallas fans were, you know, I, the, from the ones that I've seen on Twitter and everything, they were hoping they'd get him. They they have a need at that position for sure. But um, I don't know. I don't. I feel like if they were gonna sign, I feel like if they were gonna sign him, they probably would have tried to work out a deal a little a little harder. I don't know. He's gonna visit us, some other teams. Um, not for sure where he's gonna land, but. I, I think there. I think obviously Chiefs Kingdom has a lot of love for Eric Berry. It was probably 
time to move on from him. It's you know it sucks, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that it, it could could be a decent fit for him in Dallas, but at, at the same time, I don't know what his production is going to be. Obviously, his health is a question every year, um, so maybe maybe that's the, why they didn't pull the trigger right away. Uh, we'll, we'll have to find out, I guess. Yeah, I think I think Eric Berry is he's still uh, feeling out his market just to see what he can get paid and where his best fit is. I do think Dallas wants him, you know, living here in Arlington, Texas. Um, I can say that he was the big talk on, on the radio the past few days. And I think they really want him, uh, but on a one year deal. So it could be possible that Eric Berry is looking for a longer deal, uh, maybe more money possibly in Atlanta, but I would really love for him to come to Dallas. I know a lot of people don't like, like the Cowboys or Cowboys fans, but, I mean, I've got an Eric Berry jersey. I live 10 minutes away from the stadium. So uh, I'd love to rock that Eric Berry jersey uh, at AT&T Stadium in front of all those Cowboys fans. And I think, just like with the Justin Houston situation, I think that, I mean, nobody knows Eric Berry better than the Chiefs and himself. Um, I think the Chiefs knew what they had. The price that they were going to pay him wasn't worth it. Um, so they cut him loose. And... That's that. Uh, next, uh, we're going to go over the trade details. Or not the trade details, the contract details for D Ford. We mentioned it, the trade in our in last week's podcast. Um, and then the contract details came out. Yeah, so basically he's going to... He has... Eight, let, me, let me look up the exact number. It was uh, like around $80 million and and... There's like basically it was a uh, five years, eighty five point five million, yeah, 80, which, yeah. which equates to seventeen point one million a year, and uh, he actually only had thirty three point three five million in total guarantees, which that is, I mean, less than forty percent is guaranteed. Um, so that basically allows for the 49ers to get out of the D four contract in two years, basically scot free. So, like I said, with Eric Berry and Justin Houston, the Chiefs knew what they had in D. Ford. They traded him away for a future second-round pick, and that's the end of it. And even the 49ers, I mean, they give him less than 40% guaranteed. So, you know, I don't, I don't really think uh, the the 49ers were were all about paying him the 85 or 17.1 million a year because. Realistically, that that's not ultimately going to be the deal. He'll probably play out that play out that guaranteed money, and then they'll decide from there. So, yeah, and I think and looking at this one, it says the the remaining twenty five point two five million is guaranteed just for injury only. So, at the thirteen point six five million rolling is the full guarantee for April first, twenty twenty. And you know, I think that I think that the Chiefs kind of knew he was going to he was going to get paid a lot. I think that they want to go I I think that they've kind of proved that they want to go younger at the position other you know they're trying to just clean out this defense and uh you know they don't want any they don't want it like they want have last sorry they don't want it to be like it was last year. Right. So, I mean, through the Justin Houston Eric Berry and D4 deals or moves, they saved Thirty, almost forty million dollars. Um, 
So right now, I believe they're sitting at about $22 million in cap space, and then they'll get an additional $9 million on June 1st when the Eric Berry deal uh, clears as a June 1st designation. Yeah, that's uh, not a bad amount of money to have either. No, no. I, know, I think they're definitely set to make a couple. They've set themselves up to make a couple more moves. You know, there's been a little bit of rumblings around about um, – them possibly trading for one of the franchise defensive ends. Um, that would be Clowney, Demarcus Lawrence, Frank Clark, uh, one of those guys, which, I mean, they're all younger than D Ford. So it's, I mean, it's not even by multiple years. So it's not even really the same thing. I think overall they were trying to get younger. Um, and if they make one of these trades, then that basically proves that theory. So, so then next we're going to go to the, the Bashad Breland signing, uh, you know, it's all started kind of last year when everybody, or a couple years ago when everybody was like, oh, you know, we need, he 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 had been visiting, he visited for for like a, a what seemed like forever, you know, everybody was thinking he was going to sign, he was going to sign, no, and then he didn't, he goes and plays with the, the Packers for, for a year, then now he actually signs this year, he comes, and uh, definitely we at a position in need at cornerback, we kind of replaced Nelson with him. I think that, uh, you know, some people disagree that, that some people are saying Nelson's better. Nelson, you know, has, has his own set of problems. He doesn't turn turn his head around. He, you know, I, I think Breland's going to be a, a, a much more solid cornerback. I know that he for sure is better in coverage. Uh, there, there is some questions that if you like, he's not a very, like a real good tackler, uh, doesn't want to, but I think we need some corners that can cover too as well. They don't want to get beat deep. He's pretty good at, you know, crossing routes and stuff like that. I think that I think he'll definitely be a good addition. Yeah. So they basically straight up replaced uh, Nelson with with Breland, and uh, it ironically enough, I was actually able to get a hold of uh, Bashad Breland last year whenever he was going through the visit with the chiefs and he basically told me what the chiefs want and what he wants is two different things um and so i think at the time he wanted a he wanted a multi-year deal um and then when and the chiefs wanted a one-year deal or something of that nature um and then when the time came to sign him he turned down the chief's offer probably due I mean, their offer was probably lower due to his health. Um, and then, you know, seven, eight, nine weeks or something like that passed. And finally, Bashad Breland was healthy and the Chiefs were no longer, I mean, they had moved on at that point. But, you know, obviously they kept that pipeline open. Uh, I don't even, I don't even think he took a visit. I think he was negotiating a deal with, or had been in talks with, to go back to Green Bay. And then, uh, ultimately ended up signing with Kansas city on a one-year deal. So, um, I think maybe, that made some Packers fans kind of mad too. Yeah. From, they, what I, from what I saw, I don't think I saw one negative thing about Breland to be honest. Yeah. Um, whenever I was, whenever Packers fans were reacting to the signing and we got him for actually the full contract details came out and he's 27 years old. We got him for one year, $2 million. Uh, with incentives that can raise uh, that number up to $5 million. Um, 
So one year, $2 million versus three years, $25.5 million for Steven Nelson. And I'm not even sure. I don't, I don't think Nelson's better than Breland, to be honest. I don't think he is either. And they're about the same age, too. So I think Nelson's a year younger, maybe. But anyway, that's that on Breland. Uh, news broke today that Darquez Denard was re-signing with the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, and then also prior to Breland signing, it was announced that Darby was returning to Philly. Uh, so we've definitely been in the cornerback market, and I think that is kind of molding the the vision for what Veach has for for the draft coming up. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't as high on Denard as I was Darby. I, I would have liked that if we would have got Darby, um, but it didn't really seem like we're on the same page. I guess and wanted to go back to Philly. Um, for, yeah, like I said, I don't know. I don't. I didn't think Denard. I don't, he just didn't get me excited like Darby did. I, and I don't know. I think Darby's a better corner. I think Denard's decent, better than what some of the players, some of the corners we have. But I, I wasn't really too disappointed when when I saw that he was re-signing. Uh, how, how did you feel about it? Well, I mean, I'm interested to see the contract details first because, I mean, Darby signed for one year $8.5 million. And Denard was in talks with Cincinnati for one year, $10 million, And I knew Cincinnati turned down that deal. And that's when he decided to go on the visit with Kansas City. Um, and evidently, he didn't like what they had to offer uh, mm. and ultimately returned to Cincinnati. But, I mean, Denard has played almost entirely from the slot in his career. And that's Fuller's position, uh, Kendall Fuller's position right now. And so if they would were assigned to Denard, I mean, I, I know Spagnuolo plays a lot of nickel and stuff like that. So uh, you're, you're going to have more defensive backs involved. But why do you need two slot corners that you're going to be paying a lot of money to? I mean, Fuller's pretty cheap for this year. But, I mean, in the future, if they decide to keep him, I don't know. I just didn't see it. I think they were probably thinking about moving Fuller or Denard to the outside. But, I mean, there's nothing I can really predict on that. I hope that they target another cornerback, either via trade or free agency yeah and then we're going to go to the chiefs uh private draft uh visits though they had so they started off with uh a dresser from tcu um lj collier and then um jalen ferguson from la tech so you you kind of talk about what would you like about uh collier well collier there was actually talks of him possibly going in the first round um i know the raiders really like him this was before the draft uh, I mean, he's 6'2", 283 pounds, so he really fits uh, the mold of what Spagnolo wants at defensive end for us. He's got long arms, 34 inches. Um, his combine numbers were pretty good, you know, 491, 40. Um, Three-cone drill was kind of slow, uh, and his 20-yard shuttle was also not great, but definitely better than Jalen Ferguson uh, from Louisiana Tech. If you guys have been paying attention, that guy has some serious problems. He was incredibly disappointing in the agility drills. He ran a three-cone drill above eight seconds, which is, like, unknown from anybody that's not a nose tackle or an offensive lineman. And then I believe he actually ran a, a short shuttle of over five seconds, which is just, I mean, that guy, I don't even know. I don't even know where to begin with that. Um, yeah, and I, from what I was reading on it, he has 
terrible flexibility. He can not does not he's not able to bend down and go around anybody right. to to get past him. He has doesn't have he has he has decent burst off off of the snap, but it, his he does like a bunch of different position like the way he positions himself, and I feel like he just needs to be more consistent about it to be able to be you know productive in the NFL. Yeah, it's almost like sounds crazy, but it almost is like he has no he has no flexibility in his ankles. Yeah, I don't no. I don't think it's his hips. I don't think I don't think this is back or anything. Like the dude has no flexibility in his ankles. He can't he can't move laterally at all. And that's crazy because I mean, at 6'5", I think he was like 271 pounds, which is a little bit heavier than he was at the senior bowl. And he ran I think it was an unofficial 479 something like that 40 yard dash and then came out that it was between 479 and 483. That's not a horrible 40 yard dash for a guy that's 270 pounds. That's not whenever I watched him run, he looked okay. I mean, yeah. it didn't look like he was a slob, but and then you watched the three cone drill and it was horrendous. I mean, bad. Like <laughs> it looked like an old man out there to be honest. He's like he's had ankle fusion surgery or something. But, yeah, so the Chiefs, they get 30 uh, private draft visits. Um, that's where the player, either they go meet him or the player comes to Kansas City. As far as I know, from what I've been able to uncover, the only two players that they brought in is LJ Collier and Jalen Ferguson. And if you remember on our podcast last week, uh, Willie Roaf actually mentioned Jalen Ferguson they're from the same school. They have the same agent. So who knows? Maybe Jalen Ferguson ends up a chief. And it's not all all bad with Ferguson, but like the stuff that he's bad at, he's like really bad at. Like, yeah. Uh, but like he has some good. He led the NCAA in sacks. He, you know, he has yeah. pretty good. He has pretty good hands. I mean, yeah. He's but, the all time. He's the all time sack leader. He, yeah. Uh, he beats uh, Terrell Suggs' record. Uh, J- I mean, so it's not like he's a bum. I mean, he's not a bum. He yeah. has. He has pass rush ability, and I'm looking at my PFF draft guide here. You know, 600 players. This thing's crazy, but uh, he is the second-ranked player in the NCAA or in this draft for pass rush productivity. And he's, ironically enough, he's ranked 13th in snaps per outside pressure, which mm. with outside pressure usually means that the player has pretty good bend, bendability, but and can kind of get around them. Yeah, he doesn't. Uh, um, so I, I guess I need to dive into his film a little bit more and and figure out what the deal is. I guess I guess he gets an arm on the dude, and, and I think with uh, as far as LJ, I think that you know he had a de- he, I think college career was decent. I think that he proved that he was getting better each year. He you know his last year he had six sacks and he had eleven like eleven and a half tackles for loss and right that, like that was like second best on the team. I think that I think he's getting better and I think he could continue to get better. Right. And uh, yeah, you're right. He had five sacks in 2016, four in 2017 and six in 2018. So he's definitely improved. I don't know. He he reminds me a lot of Breland Speaks, actually, the way he plays. But I don't know. He def- he definitely fits the mold. So I don't know. I hope I hope if they're targeting an edge rusher in the first round, I hope it's neither of those guys. I would prefer a guy like Chase Winovich from Michigan or uh, maybe Cleveland Farrell if he falls, or possibly they they might even trade up for a guy. You know, Veach is hyper aggressive in the draft with trading up, so you never know. Maybe they'll trade up and they'll get Brian Burns or 
Rashawn Gary or something like that. So remains to be seen. So then kind of to wrap it up, what what else would you what would you like to see the Chiefs do before um, the draft? Yeah, so I don't know if you'll saw this or not, but I replied to a tweet from the PFF Chiefs account basically asking the same question. And I mentioned Trey Boston, Jared Cook, who just signed with the Saints, and uh, Jordy Nelson. And then I said, <laughs> I said, just make, I mentioned those three players. And then I said, and then a couple trades. So whenever somebody says make a couple trades, that obviously means a couple trades that fill the remaining needs before the draft happens. And apparently that pissed this guy off. He thought, he told me, this is exactly what he said, don't say that because it shows a lack of intelligence. What what the hell is that supposed to mean? Yeah. But anyway, I so I scrolled, I went to his profile and I scrolled through his tweets and he's in there asking what dead money is and like all of this stuff, which is fine. I mean, I I fully support people asking questions, but don't come at us like we're stupid. Like, right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we, know, we I don't might know not know everything. What's up? I don't know why you had to be such a hard ass about it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we we don't know everything. Uh, there's just a lot of stuff that we're still learning. But uh, <laughs> we do know a lot uh, in regards to the Chiefs and the NFL. And the guy clearly has issues. But And he didn't even follow us. Like, he wasn't even following us. And then he, he was saying, oh, well, I don't even want to read your stuff anyway. And I was like, you don't even follow us. Why would you read our stuff? Yeah, if you don't follow us? That doesn't even make sense. Just don't comment on our stuff. Nobody yeah. else commented on it. And you're sitting here arguing with us. But anyway, so yeah, um, Trey Boston is still available. I don't know what the deal is with him. He just keeps signing one year deals. Uh, after spending three years in Carolina, signed a one year deal with San Diego. Now the LA chargers. Uh, and then signed a one year deal with Arizona. And we actually have David Merritt as our defense backs coach who coached Boston and Arizona. So, I mean, I'm sure Merritt knows what Boston is, but according to PFF and games that I've seen Boston play in, uh, he looks good to me. Uh, I mean, I think he could, I mean, he's a rangy free safety. Uh, he'd be great alongside Matthew, but who yeah. knows? Maybe, maybe they just have a lot of faith in, in Armani Watson. I mean, I agree. I think Watts, I think Watts was fantastic. Uh, I think Watts is going to be a stud. I mean, the last two games, he wasn't great in the first three games. But the last two games, he really started to come on, and then he got hurt, which is unfortunate. And that dude likes to hit. He likes to hit. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, he's he's not the fastest uh, free safety, which kind of affects the player's range. But, I mean, he definitely has awesome instincts because if you go back and watch his college film the dude is like diving for i mean he lays it all out there diving for mm-hmm. interceptions and making crazy plays but and we kind of saw that um early in the season and then he went down with a core injury and that was that but i mean i don't i don't think it ever hurts to just add some more competition especially to a db room that was horrible last year it doesn't hurt yeah Plus, and i Plus, if you add Boston, it allows us to get rid of Sorensen, which saves us three million bucks. So, yeah, and I think that for for what I'd like to see, obviously, I think I think that uh, Trey Boston would be would be decent too. I mean, he has 
he definitely gonna would be an upgrade in coverage. And I th- I know that some people were. I was talking to this guy, at, and when he, he he's a Chargers fan, he said that the only thing he, that he didn't like about Boston was that he didn't really like to tackle much. I, I don't know. You know, I I'd have to watch some more more film on him to know for sure. But um, but at least it'd be better in coverage. I know that he you know, and like you said, he can maybe even come over and him and honey badger can teach watts some some things you know teach him how to do you know he's since watches such a young player learn from him and then um another person we were talking you kind of mentioned was jordy nelson and when you when we, when we first talked about it and you told me about him i, I wasn't i was kind of hesitant on jordy because he's he's getting pretty old but but we did but you did say I, we were talking about how um a lot of some of these old players sometimes will will have like one crazy year before they go out. And it, I think if anybody is capable of, you know, making someone look better or reviving their career, it could be Mahomes for sure. Yeah. I mean, Jordy, people were saying, oh, he's not going to do anything in Oakland. You know, he's washed. He almost had 800 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, his yards per catch wasn't great, but I mean, he's still a viable option and he's got good hands. He runs good routes. And I mean, I think he could at least be a decent wide receiver four or five in this offense. And yep. he can definitely teach Pringle or Dieter a thing or two. I saw a few people saying that, you know, taking Pringle or Dieter off the field to give Jordy Nelson snaps is uh, detrimental. But I don't see it that way. I mean, you don't just give, especially in an offense like this, you don't just give Pringle and Dieter snaps to be giving them snaps. Um, they... Jordy Nelson comes in, they beat out Jordy Nelson for the wide receiver four or five spot, and Jordy Nelson is wide receiver six, great. You know, if he gets 10 snaps a game because Pringle and Dieter have developed into those type of players, then that's awesome. And I, I'm not going to sit here and say that that won't happen, but I see I see Jordy Nelson as a beneficial addition to this team, period. That's my stance on it. He's cheap, one-year deal. And he's a pro's pro, so that's another move that we could uh, we'd be interested in the Chiefs doing. Anything else? No, I don't. Not nothing. Nothing too crazy. I don't think that. I think Boston is probably my top my top pick. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I maybe another corner. I I don't know. Yeah, there, I mean, there's still some guys out there. Uh, Maurice Claiborne, formerly of the Jets and the Cowboys, he is an outside corner. Mm-hmm. He had a really good year in 2017 and kind of came back down to earth in 2018, but kind of be, you could kind of do what Skandrick did last year. I mean, he's not great, but I mean, at least he's a viable, a viable player. So you don't have a huge hole there going into the draft and then you can add someone later if you'd like, but mm-hmm. um, I'd probably like to see them add another tight end to back up Kelsey. And I saw someone say we have a huge need at tight end. I wouldn't agree with that. Demetrius Harris got ten, had ten receptions last year. I mean, he had three touchdowns, but he had ten, he literally had ten receptions in the regular season. So, if ten receptions, replacing ten receptions is a huge need in this offense, then I think we have uh, bigger issues on our hands. But like, I mean, I would still love to add an athletic. Like I said, I would wanted to add Jared Cook. Two tight end sets are are fun, uh, fun to play with, and I know Andy Reid loves them. I mean, Kelsey's the guy. He's going to be out there playing 85, 90% of our offensive snaps. So I, I don't think it's really a huge deal. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then lastly, like I said, 
I'd like to see him make a trade or two. If you guys get mad about my specificity <laughs> there, then I'm sorry. Before the draft, you know, if they can grab Trey Waynes for a fourth or fifth round pick, a 2020 fourth round pick because we don't have a 2019 fifth fourth round pick or a 2019 fifth round pick, I think that'd be great. Trey Waynes is a former uh, early first rounder of the Minnesota Vikings, and you know he's not he hasn't lived up to his potential, but I think he fits uh, what Spagnola wants uh, from his def- or from his cornerbacks. He's kind of similar to. Dominique Rogers Camardi with the way they play. Obviously, he's not on that level, not even close, but similar style player. Um, so cornerback or maybe trade for a safety. And I could also possibly see them targeting maybe an interior offensive lineman before the draft. So that about wraps it up. Uh, we did want to make one quick announcement. We'll be doing a giveaway soon. Um, it is a classic very classic priest Holmes figurine uh still in the package i accidentally came across a duplicate that's funny accidentally. um so we'll be giving that away pretty soon um you know and if you're listening to our podcast which we hope you are all the way through why don't you send us a, a direct message on our twitter at arrowhead live and just tell us what we said the giveaway will be and maybe we'll take that into consideration when we pick the winner. So Sounds like a plan to me. That's about it, guys. Thank you for listening to Episode 4 of Arrowhead Live. We hope you enjoyed it. Come back next week. Uh, there should be a lot more information coming around uh, surrounding the draft over the next few weeks. And hopefully some information on the Tyree Kill situation. Um, we can give you guys updates on that. Like we said, we'll be providing updates on everything um, every single day, all day long on Twitter at Arrowhead Live. That's it, guys. Have a good day, guys. See you next week.